All right, it's Wednesday night, and I'm trying to teach you how to study the Bible. And I'm using some algebra axioms. You say, I don't know what that means. Well, axiom is a law. In fact, when you find the word worthy in the New Testament, it is usually a... X-I-O-S. Axios. And it's our word axiom. A-X-I-O-M. That's a mathematical law. Now, I'm not making this hard. I'm making this like falling off of a log. Every Every fourth grader in America that pays attention in class, I think they ought to start teaching algebra in the fourth grade at the very latest, because that's how simple it is. And I use the Bible. Most people don't know I'm using algebra equations, because I'll never tell you that's what it is. I just say this is equal to this is equal to this. And I told you last week, there's an axiom, which means algebra laws. That word axios means equitable. Equitable is our word equal. Equal, and an equal is a little sign like that. Now, the way you study the Bible, you've got the Old Testament equals the New Testament. Anything you find over here It's going to come up over here. And you have to learn that. Now, I gave you last week probably the basic, the most basic axiom in algebra that you learn the first day you walk in the class at very maximum the first week. And that axiom is things... equal to the same thing are equal to each other. You say, Jim, that's confusing. No, it's not. If you find two things that are equal to the same thing. I gave you last week. Jesus said. Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Am is a form of the verb to be. To exist. In fact, the being verbs, I'm going to put them on the board again. I learned these somewhere about 1954. These, and they're all forms of the same word, to be. To be means to exist. Here's the being verbs. Be, is, am, are, was, were, being, been, have, has, all of these are forms of be, 
have, has, had, do, does, did, shall. I like this next word, will. Will is a form of the verb to be, to exist. If you can will yourself into the kingdom, that makes you God is what it makes you. Because Jehovah, here's what Jehovah means. This is what it means. Self-existent. Self. If you can exist, self-exist, exist in the Greek is the word E-I-N-A-I. Enai means to be, to exist. If you can exist by your will, then you can be a being. You can become a being because you're Jehovah God. That's the only way anybody can become a being. He's self-being, self-will, self-existence. You get that? That's simple, isn't it? Shall, will, should, would, may, might. Now, might, our word might, is never in the Greek. For whom he did for all, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might. It's not there. Never is there. The only might that's in the Bible is they were men of great might. It meant they were powerful. Never, maybe. That's never there. That's not in Romans eight twenty nine. May, might, must, can. Good. Each one of these are a form of the verb to exist. If you do, you exist. If you did, you exist. If you shall, you exist. If you should, you exist. If you would, you exist. If you are, if you, if he was, they exist. They're all forms of the verb to be, will is a form of the verb to be, and if you can exist on your own by walking down an aisle, that makes you Jehovah. We can just start calling you Jehovah, okay? People don't even know what Jehovah means. They don't even care. To exist, it's like over there in John, the first chapter, he came into his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to give them gave he the power E X O U S I A Exusia to become to become sons of God. To become Exusia comes from the word E X E S T I. It's a form of that which is our word exist. Existi. Exist I 
comes from existai, and from that they get the word E-I-N-A-I, which means to be. So, he gives us power, existence, to become, become is the word genomai, G-I-N-O-M-A-I. To as many as receive, that's the word lambano, that is not the same word, is not the same word as 1 Corinthians 2.14. 2.14. It's not that word where the Bible says, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're two totally different words. That word receiveth, that word receiveth is the word decomai. Decomai comes from deck, meaning ten, and decalogue, D-E-C-A-L-O-G-U-E, is the word dec, ten logos, the ten commandments of God, and we get the word decade from that, which decade is ten years and this word decomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. The Bible says dead men, natural, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. The, the physical man, the man of the senses, the man who's dead in his sin, does not accept anything spiritual. That has nothing to do with this word lambano over there in John the first chapter. As many as received him, as many as takes hold of God. How can you take hold of your mother's hand before you're born? You can. The Bible says over in Isaiah 64 and 7 that none, there's none that calls upon my name that stirs up himself to take hold of God. Nobody, no one, calls up. This is saying that no one who's dead, because no one calls upon God when he's dead. That's what it says. It says, no one calls upon God that stirreth up himself, stirreth up, is the word ur, U-W-R. It means to wake oneself from the dead. You can't pray a sinner's prayer and get in heaven. It's not true. But I thought the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's right. But the next verse is, how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed. Belief is the method of salvation and that has to be put in your heart by God. Now, I need to get on with this. I don't know where I got off the track. I got off with this the being verbs. If you can be according to your will, a man is born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
Now let me erase this and get back to what I was going to be teaching on. All right. I'm talking about equal, equal is these signs here. Equal is the same thing as is. If Jesus said, I am, am is the same thing as is. I equal the bread of life. Bread of life. And then he said, I'm just kind of reviewing from last week. And then he said, the bread came down from heaven. And that's me. Says this over there in John the 6th chapter, starting at about verse 48, 49. I am the bread. And then he said, the bread is, every time we're going to say is, let's put equals, okay? The bread equals the flesh. And then he says, the flesh, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any life in you. And he says, let me define my flesh. My flesh is meat indeed. Are these all equal to the same thing? Huh? Let me ask a second grader. Are they equal to the same thing? Yeah, they equal to the same thing. They are. So wherever things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. And I gave you this last week. If equals are substituted substituted for equals The results are equal. Results are equal. And I'm going to give you one more of these tonight. This is like first week of algebra. If people would teach this way in an algebra class and make it simple, they'd understand. You'd have to be flat out stupid to be a fourth grader and not understand what I'm saying up here. Just have to be dumb in a rock or not paying attention. Now, you can substitute Jesus for the bread. You can study, you can substitute the bread for the flesh. That word, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, Jesus said, my flesh is, equals, meat, Each time I say is, I'm going to say equals because it's the same thing. Equals meat indeed. Now, the funny thing is my flesh is not my flesh. It actually says the flesh of me is indeed. Now, if you don't know 
what the flesh is. You'll have to get you an interlinear Bible, look up the word exactly in the interlinear, and it will tell you how it's spelled. It'll say T-A-S-A-R. And this is an X here. This is not an X. That's a C-H, a key. This is the, this is the, that's an X. The flesh is feminine gender. Feminine. The flesh. Is he saying he's a female? No. No. He said, the flesh of me, and he turns around and says, the flesh, what he just got through saying, the bread is the flesh, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, 17. He says, we being many are one bread and one body. So you can substitute the flesh for the bread. Because the flesh is the bread, isn't it? You can substitute bread for the flesh. So the bread of God, we being many are one bread and one body. There's one body and what's that? The church. Paul said that in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. When Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body. He did not, let me tell you something he didn't say. He didn't say this, our word is. That's not what he said. He didn't say this, S-T- he didn't say this, E-I-N-A-I. He didn't say that. He said this, S-T-I-N, E-S-T-I-N. It means to represent. He said this bread represents my body, the church. Let me say it one more time. They acted out all their contracts. It was a contract. He was saying, eat of the body of the church. But we said last week, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, he says, everybody's got a different place in the body. And then he said, on down in the, he said, because the eye is not of the hand, is it not of the body? Because the foot is not of the hand, is it not of the body? He said, we're all members in particular. The word particular is the word meros. Meros. It means particular. Now, let me go back to that because you can get confused on this. Go back to 1 Corinthians 12. And I don't want you to get confused on it. This is very, very important. To understand. First Corinthians twelve. And he's telling you how you eat of the body of Christ. When he said you eat of the body, he wasn't talking about go out and take a bite out of somebody's arm that's in the church. It's not what he's talking about. He tells you when they said eat, they didn't mean what we mean when we say eat. 
You remember, I told you this last week. Jesus meets the woman at the well in the fourth chapter of John. The apostles go into town and say, we're going to get something to eat. After Jesus has his long discourse with this woman, telling her, I'll give you living water, you'll never thirst again. And then, while he's talking to her, the apostles come back from town and they said, have you eaten anything yet? And he said, I have a meat to eat of that you don't know anything about. And my meat is, oh, my meat is, what do we say is, what do we substitute for is? Equals. My meat equals to do. That's what he said. Jesus said that. My meat is doing, but something that will really help us with this is the word law. What's that word? Huh? Nomos. N O M O S. And what is its definition? Legal food for animals. The law is doing legal, prescribed food. In our case, prescribed food for sheep. That's what Jesus is talking about. Doing is our meat. Right? Is that hard to understand? I'm trying to be as elementary as I can. I think... I believe fourth graders could understand this, couldn't they? Sure they could. I am not saying things that are hard to understand. I'm just being like a child. Now, where did I say we were going? 1 Corinthians 12. 12. Jesus, or Paul says, We're all baptized into one body. He cannot be talking about water. We're not baptized by water into one body. He says that in verse 18. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. We're blood baptized into one body. Whether we Jews or Gentiles, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit, which is, we said last week, the spirit... Equals. It's verse 13, not 18. Truth, huh? It's 13, not 18. What did I say? You said 18. Oh, well, 13. We're baptized into one body. But remember, we being many are one, <laughs> one bread and one body. We're the body, and there's one body, Colossians 1, 18 and one twenty. The body is the church. So when he says, take, eat, this represents my body. Without understanding is, you're not even going to have any idea what that's talking about. He wasn't saying, this is my literal body. He said, you have to eat my flesh, and that's the body. And the Holy Spirit is the truth. Well, if the Spirit's the truth, and the Bible says, the flesh is the Spirit then you can substitute any of these things for each other. 
if equals are substituted for equals, the results are equal. You could say, except you, well, let me finish this right here. I'm watering off. And then he says, he uses a literal body to tell you how you are positioned in the church. He says in verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body. Does it mean the foot is less important than the hand? If you didn't have feet, how are you going to get around? I said it last week. If you didn't have toenails, you would be in trouble. You know why? If you're going around bumping your toes constantly and you have stone bruises all over your toes and you wouldn't be able to walk. The toenails absorb the cushion. That's true of all the parts of the body. Then he says, let the parts of the body that are weak be lifted up and let those that are not weak, those that are strong, don't lift them up. They don't need to be lifted up. I told a fellow here one time, I said, you're very glib, you're very quick-witted, and you have a lot on the ball, and you talk fast, and you know a lot of things about a lot of stuff. You don't need to be lifted up. He said, you're right. It's those people that can, they're the uncomely parts of the body. Then he says, the part I wanted you to see. He says in verse 27, everybody's being positioned in the body, but let me, before I read this verse, Look here at verse 18. Now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, in the church, as it hath pleased him. I'm the preacher here. We don't need another preacher. Uh, we got piano players. We don't need another one of them. Everybody, you got something you can do in the body. Everybody does. Well, all I can do is clean the church. Good, we need somebody to do that. We've had several people that did that. Then he says in verse 27, Now you're the body of Christ and members in particular. The word particular is the word meros. It means a portion to eat of. I'm going to give you something pretty interesting about meros. It means a portion to eat of. Jesus, when he resurrected from the dead, he went to the apostles in northern Galilee, and they had been fishing. He asked them, do you have anything to eat? And the Bible says that they gave him a piece of fish. The word piece is the word meros. And we get the word from meros, get the word ameros, Which is the word actually A M A R A T I A. The alpha privative negates the word. That is a construction. Amartia is the word sin. It's a portion that you cannot eat of. It means no eating, no food. Where did that start? In the garden. Huh? In the garden. In the garden. You cannot eat of the tree in the midst of the garden. There it is. 
I might draw a little Christmas tree in there. You can't eat of that, but you can eat of all of these trees out here. <laughs> all these trees out here are lawful. That's nomos. That's lawful food. But the one in the middle of the garden is A-N-O-M-O-S. The alpha protein negates the word and gives an opposite meaning. Just like atypical means not typical. It, that's, it's really simple. Anomos is the word Actually, A-N-O-M-I-A, that is the word iniquity. It means unlawful, no lawful food for sheep. Stay away from amartia, or amartano, the noun, is equal, sin is equal to iniquity, in meaning. Can you see that? Yeah. It's the same thing. Iniquity and sin, anomos, iniquity is equal to amoros, the alpha negating the word. Now, now I may be losing you. I hope I'm not. Now, let's get back to what I've been talking about. Let me give you one other. Anytime you find the bread, the flesh, the law, the Bible says the Spirit is the truth, and the Bible says thy word. John seventeen seventeen. Thy word is truth. So you can substitute word, truth, spirit, because they're equal to each other, aren't they? Wherever you find the truth, or you find the word, or the spirit, or the comforter, which is the spirit, you can substitute them for the other. They're not different things. They're the same thing. Now, let me tie something that I didn't give you last week. Go over to Hebrews. <clears throat> Hebrews, the. Uh, where am I going? I'm just kind of going blank here a minute. Let's go to Hebrews. I'll find my way as I go. Okay, let's go over here to Hebrews. And you're going to find all these things are equal to each other. Let me give you a, another one of these axioms. Because it's really easy to understand when you're doing it with the Bible. The Bible says the flesh is the spirit... The flesh, the spirit, is the word, equals the word. The word equals the spirit. And the word equals all these things. You can find them all equal to each other in the Bible. There's another axiom. Things equal to the same thing or equal to each other. If equals are substituted for equals, the results are equal. 
So all of these words I said are equal. You can substitute one for the other. Now, if you want to know how, let's look here in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Well, let's go to the 10th chapter first. Let's see. Let's go to the 10th chapter. I want you to see the... I want you to learn how to look at one thing and see another thing in it. Because if you can do that, you can learn to understand the Bible a lot easier than just trying to figure out what this verse means and this verse means and this verse means. Because they're all connected together. Now look here in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. (coughs) Hebrews 10th chapter. Look here in verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Christ... By the blood of Jesus. The holiest is the holy of holies. Holy of holies. The holy of holies. Enter into the holiest. That was the holy of holies in the temple. You had a veil. You had the Ark of the Covenant, Ark. And then this veil, some say, was eight inches thick. Let's just say eight inches. That's approximately. They don't really know that. Then you had the seven candlesticks. Now the Bible says in Revelation 1 and verse 20, that the candlesticks is the candlesticks is well let's say equals okay candlesticks equals the seven churches when you see seven it's always a number of divine perfection because in the Hebrew in the Hebrew, the word seven is Sheba. I don't know how I give you all of this. It takes so much time. Sheba. It's the word seven. It comes from the word Shabua. S-H-E-B-U-A-H. Shabua means to take an oath to God. You say, I can do that when I got saved. No, you can't. No, no, you can't. To take an oath to God, this word Shabuah means to seven one's self. To be sevened or to be 
perfected. You remember the word perfect, be therefore perfect, even as which your fathers even which your fathers in heaven is perfect. The word perfect is the word teleos. It means to be mature or complete. It doesn't mean to be without sin or to do everything exactly right. It means to grow up. Grow up and be mature. It has the basic same meaning. Teleos has the basic same meaning when Peter said, Beside all this, give all diligence, add to your faith. See, your faith has to grow. When you start off, Jesus would say to the apostles, O ye of little faith. People say, how can I get stronger? Add these seven things. He names seven things. Or to be seven. And the first thing he says, besides all this, give all diligence, add number one, virtue. It's the word arete. It has basically the same meaning as teleos. It means to grow up, be mature. How long does it take you to mature in the faith? Years and years. And you want to grow up all of a sudden? Well, the first time you see a little kid that's five years old, see that little girl of Brittany's, say, it's time for you to grow up. She said, well, give me about 20 years and I will. Takes a long time to grow up spiritually. Virtue and knowledge. How long does it take you to learn knowledge? And gosh, the list goes on and on. How long does it take to add godliness? And how long does it take to add all of these seven things that God says add so we can be sevened? Well, the the candlesticks, the Bible says, are the seven churches of Asia. I like to call it the seven churches of Asia. The seven, because when you get into Revelation, the the second and third chapter, this least, each one of these churches has got a glitch or a sin in it that needs to be taken care of. In order to be sevened, you're going to have to take care of those glitches in your life. Now you got the temple here. You got the table of showbread. We being many are one bread in one body. We're the bread because Christ is in us. So, we're the bread. All of this here equals everything over here spiritually the the temple the temple was blotted out there's a substitute for the temple now what is that us there's a substitute for the ark of the covenant what is that our hearts our hearts are sprinkled there in hebrews 10 I'm about to read that, Hebrews 10. Now look at this. If you can learn to substitute things one for the other that's equal to each other, everything over here, 
is equal to this over here. There's a tipple over here now. And the, the tabernacle in the wilderness had the same measurements as Solomon's temple when they came out of the wilderness, got into the land, and Solomon was commissioned to build the temple. It was built according to the same dimensions as the tabernacle. So you got a temple over here. What is the temple or what I, should I say? Who is the temple of God? Well. The Bible says, hold your place there and go back over here to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. You, as you go, you got to learn to put these things together. All right. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. And then we're going to go to the sixth chapter. When God blotted out, there's two parts to the law. There's the letter. That's the rituals. That would be all the rituals around this right here. That would be the rituals. And there's the spirit of the law. When Jesus said, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances... Ordinance is the word dogma. It means the rituals. The law wasn't blotted out. Good grief. Can you go around killing people? But the church Christ says the law's done away with. Some Baptists will say the law's done away with. Well, can you covet now? Can you rob somebody? But the law is much more than the Ten Commandments. Every time you have an imperative mood. And in Jesus is using it. When he says, besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith. Add is the word E-P-I-C-H-O-R-E-G-E-O. Epicoregio. Looks like you recognize Correggio with the word choreography, choreography from that. A choreographer is a dance leader. The Jews had a circular dance. I've got a book called The Sacred Dance of the Jews. And they would stand in a circle, they would kick, and they would sing Havan Nagila at all the rituals. Huh? I can't do that. Epi means to cover your life with the koros. Ago. Ago means to lead the koros, a dance leader. And God says, I've got a dance for you to dance. It consists of these seven things, so you'll be sevened. Boy, God has sevened me over the years. He's beat me half to death till I was willing to preach these truths. Now, we're talking about, where did I say was going? First Corinthians 3. Huh? First Corinthians 3. I can't hear you. First Corinthians 3. First Corinthians 3, yeah, okay. First Corinthians, the third chapter. That's Romans, that won't, that won't do. All right, First Corinthians, third chapter. And then we're going to go to the 6th chapter. I don't know how to explain all this at once. There's a million things going through my mind right now. Y'all just have to wait. 
Now he says over here in verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The Holy Spirit, or Jesus, would come down out of that glory cloud in the Old Testament, and he would sit on the Ark of the Covenant, and that was called the throne of God. And you're going to find the throne of God all through the book of Revelation. The throne of God, throne of God is where Jesus would sit. Where does he sit now? He sits upon our hearts. Christ is not does not dwell in temples made with hands anymore. He dwells in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says all through that 14th chapter of John that Christ is living in us. And the Jews asked Jesus in Luke, the 17th chapter, are you going to restore the kingdom now? Kingdom of God was a term for Israel. And he said, the kingdom of God is in you. Christ is living in you. We're the temple now instead of all this over here. And look over here in the look over here in the sixth chapter. In the sixth chapter, verse nineteen, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which you have of God and you're not your own, you're bought with a price, you can't live the way you want to. We've got to glorify God in our body. Now, let's go back over here to Hebrews 10. You've got to learn how to put the Bible together. Now, having therefore, brethren, boldness, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. One time a year, the high priest would take the blood of a goat, the blood of a goat, not the blood of a lamb. Had one goat that we'd driven into the wilderness, that was the scapegoat. Scapegoat, the high priest would put their hands on the scapegoat as though to transfer the sins of the people, drive it in the wilderness, and it couldn't come back. Got a lot to say about that. And the other goat, they would offer on the altar. The high priest would take the blood of the other goat, take it inside the... And that was after he would sprinkle. He would take a laver... Uh, not a laver, uh, take a like a uh, cup with uh, with incense in it. He'd take fire from this altar, put it in this, bring that into here, put it between the cherubim. There were two cherubim. Their their wings would go all the way to the edge of the inner sanctuary. This inner sanctuary, by the way, everything over here is equal to everything over here. This inner sanctuary was called... Well, let me... Gosh, i got so many places to go. 
Hold your place here in Hebrews 10 and look here at the 37th chapter of Isaiah. 37. There's a way to study the Bible, but you have to do it mathematically. You don't have to have advanced math. Just think of this equals to this. And it takes time to learn that. 37th chapter of Isaiah. I'll get it in a minute. Just hold on. All right. Verse 16. The Lord of hosts, God of Israel, that dwellest, that word is very important, between the cherubim. Actually, the word is pronounced cherubim. He lived between these two cherubim. Their wings were long. Oh, by the way, they had a face of a man, the face of an eagle, the face of a lion, and the face of an ox. Those are the four things that Noah came out of the ark, and God says, I'm going to establish my covenant with a lion, with a beast of the field. The lion is the king of the beast. And he says, with the fowl of the air, and the eagle is the king of the fowl, and with the ox, and that's the king of the cattle, and with man. So everywhere you find in the Old Testament, you find these four. You find them on each end of the Ark of the Covenant. And then you had them woven into this veil here. You have these four. I don't know. Nobody knows whether the man was on this end and the eagle was here and the ox and the and the lion were here or whether it was nobody knows how it was or if they all had the same face and you're going to find all of that in Revelation 4 you're going to find these four creatures like this now they were on each end this right here this enclosure was called because he lived on the throne, which was the Ark of the Covenant. And that word also means that word. The word is Yashab, the word dwelleth. Y-A-S-H-A-B. Y-A-S-H-A-B. He dwelt there. It means to marry. It means to house. It means to build a house or to inhabit or to sit down to make a house. That inner sanctuary we call the house of the Lord. God told David, build me and house that inner sanctuary was his house what is that equal to over here that's what the bible says in hebrews 3 and 6 
Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? We are equal to that house of God, and our hearts are equal to the Ark of the Covenant. The high priest would come in and sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant with the blood of the goat. What is the goat a picture of? It's a picture of Christ. They would offer a lamb at Pentecost, but not on the Day of Atonement. You can read that in Leviticus, the 16th chapter. You can read all about the Day of Atonement. They ordered the blood of a goat on there. Christ has made him to be a goat in our place. And boy, people resent that, but that's exactly what it means. Now, so he dwelt there. Now, go back over here to Hebrews 10. Having therefore, brethren, to enter into the Holy of Holies, the house of God, how? By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living hodos. Well, it's only... You can say, here's what you need to do. All of this was blotted out. This was the table of showbread. This was the altar of incense. Then you had the you had out here the altar where they offered all of their sacrifices. You had the brazen sea right here. You can find that brazen sea the first time it's mentioned in first Samuel the seventh chapter. That was while Solomon was building the temple. When they first left Egypt, they had a laver. It was a small place where the priests could wash, but they began to multiply and became so big, they needed a sea with 2,000 baths. And here's where it is. Right there. There's the brazen sea. That's why they call it a sea. And here's the altar here. Here's the sea. They're bringing in the Ark of the Covenant. Going to take it up here. Take it back there in the back of the temple. Now everything over here equals everything over here. But as we, as Christ is coming in, and... The Bible says it's a new and living way. There's two ways. A narrow way and a broad way. These are the two ways. Narrow way. And a broad way. And many go into the broad way into destruction, and only a few find the narrow way. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few, oligos. A puny number will find the narrow way. I'll tell you what, I really want to serve God. I don't want to miss the narrow way. Narrow is the basic same word as tribulation. Tribulation is the word 
thalipsis. Narrow is the word thalibo. And thalibo is merely the verb form of the noun tribulation. We must see much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. You're going to go through tribulation when you tell people the truth. You stand up for Christmas is pagan. Easter is pagan. God does not love everybody. Daily cross, death to self, self denial, and you tell that to people, and they're not going to want to hear it. It's the way it is. Welcome to the world of Christianity. Y'all get it? <laughs> Maybe you don't like it, but if you're a believer, eventually you will get into the narrow way. I'm not telling you to get into it, I'm not telling you anything other than what's going on in your life. If you're not mature yet and you hadn't been sevened, if you belong to God, he'll start sevening you. And maybe in the middle of being sevened, you'll die. But that don't mean you don't go to heaven. It means God was in a process of sevening one of his children. God has given to every man in the church a measure of faith, but everybody doesn't have the same measure. Let me tell you something. Can I? <laughs> It's it's more fun living life as an old man being sevened than it is not being sevened. Not being sevened is hard. You want to fight and fuss and argue and you want to get ahead in life and I'm going to do this if it kills me and it will. I told a fellow on the phone this afternoon, I said, I've had to learn not to stress out over anything. I never get mad anymore. I used to get mad all the time. We're not supposed to be doing that. We have been predestined to be like Christ. How is that? Meek? Prouse? Meaning to be tame? That's because we're not tame when we first start our journey for Christ. I'm going to go to God and make sure everybody believes these truths and you're going to believe it. I want to tell you off. <laughs> you know how far that goes. Cram it down your throat. It just goes. There may be people around. I, I used to give people what for at 65. I have had to learn in the last 15 years to stop doing that. You're not going anywhere with it. I did that I did that uh, memorial service for Henry Ramey. I didn't know who was a believer and who wasn't out there. And they were all kind of looking at me like that, like all these Greek words and stuff. And they had a a meal after it and we went in there and I talked to a dozen people and they were saying what about this and what about that and what so and so I don't know if there was believers there or not I can't well if you don't believe predestination you're going to hell that's not the way to approach anybody there may be some elect there we may not see them for a year or two I had a lady come I saw her one time down at when Lowe's was down there in Madison or in Rivergate this is back 25 years ago 20 years ago and she saw me 
making some copies on their copy machines before we had copy machines. And I was talking to one of the guys that come up and helped me. I was telling him all about the truth and about predestination. She came over to him and said, I never saw anybody do that before. You just talked to him. I said, yeah, that's all I do is talk. I don't give him a hard time. I just talk about predestination, the word pro, rizzo, and so forth. And she said, I wouldn't mind having some of your tapes. She took the tapes and she left. I didn't see her. She moved to Colorado. She moved back a couple of years later. She had never listened to the tapes. But somehow Rusty got with her and talked to her. And she started listening to the tapes and started coming to church here. But it was two, three years later. You don't know who the elect are, do you? Not our job. You don't know who's going to believe and who's not. So I gave away about 20 DVDs over there at that memorial service. I talked to them when they'd ask questions. Well, let me tell you about that. Let me send you a DVD on that. I got to talking to one lady. and She said, she said, what about tongues? I said, that's a bunch of gobbledygook. She said, I thought so. I said, let me send you a DVD on that. She said, okay. So we mailed her out one yesterday. Mailed her several DVDs. Let me get back to this. So, we enter in this... How can I say this? I hope you'll understand it. The way in to the Holy of Holies in our life is the narrow way. We enter in by a new and living hodos. The word the way there is hodos. There's only two hodos. There's a narrow hodos and a broad hodos. And the veil here, look what the Bible says this veil of the temple is. Look here. This will really put some things together for you. We enter by a new and living narrow way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Wait a minute. The veil is the flesh. We've already discovered that the flesh was the bread, and the bread's the body, and the body's the church. Right? The bread equals the body. The body equals the flesh. The flesh equals the bread. The bread equals Jesus. The flesh equals the word, which equals the spirit, which equals the veil, which goes into the Holy of Holies. It comes into us, and we are God's house. Can you see that? I just kind of stuck these things together. And the veil is his flesh. Let me take you back where I was last week, and I'll come right back to this. Go back to John 6. How much time do I have, Mike? 29. I'm going to stay on this subject next week, showing things that are equal to the same thing or equal to each other. John 6. Now, we've already established here in Hebrews 10 that the veil of the temple now, which is us, which is the veil into the house of God, 
you know what the flesh is? Right here. It's our flesh. And aren't we, the flesh is feminine gender. Are we feminine? No, we're the wife, the bride of Christ, aren't we? When you find the flesh in the New Testament, it's always feminine gender. It's talking about the flesh, which is the bread, which is the body. The flesh equals the bread, equals the body, equals the church. If you can find that out, you may say, I hate algebra. Gosh, you're missing out on tremendous information in the Bible by hating algebra. Because you can find these things equal to each other. Look look here in John 6. John 6. And then I'll come back over here. John 6, 48. I am the bread of life. Your, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. I am the real bread that comes down from heaven that a man eat thereof and not die. You got to eat of me. That's what he's saying. I am the living bread. The living bread is Jesus. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. For the bread that I will give, the bread that I will give, which is me, equals my flesh. The bread equals the flesh, right? And then he says, which I will give for the life of the world. And then he says in verse 53, they say in verse 52, how can a man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But the next verse tells you what his flesh and blood is. Who sweeteth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh equals meat indeed. If the flesh is indeed of truth, and the flesh is the veil, the flesh, feminine flesh, the word flesh is feminine gender, equals the veil. And the flesh equals truth. It's of truth. And remember, truth is the word aletheia, A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. And it's construction of lanthano. Lanthano means to hide or conceal. Conceal. And placing the alpha in front of a word as a Greek as the alpha privative, placing it in front of Alanthano, it translates aletheia, the word truth, it means not to hide anything. So, as the, what is the high priest that comes in and sprinkles our hearts? Melchizedek. Uh, what? Melchizedek. Melchizedek. When Jesus blotted out I keep saying this. I hope you're getting it. Can I ask a stupid question? Huh? Can I ask a stupid what? question? What? 
Are we eating his flesh right now? Yeah. We're eating his flesh. We're partaking of one another. Aren't we? What? We're eating of the word, which is his flesh, which is the spirit, which is all of these above things. It's the bread, the flesh, the word. It's the veil. It's the flesh. It's the truth. Are we eating of the truth right now? Are we eating of the word? Thy word is truth. The spirit is the truth. The spirit is the bread, the flesh, the body. All of this goes together. They're all equal. Can you see that? I hope you want to learn more. How long? How, how much time do I have, Mike? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yeah. I'm trying to cover as much of this as I can. And he says, "You're going to find the Spirit equal to a whole bunch of things all through the Bible. The Spirit's the bread. The bread's the body. The body's the church. The church being the body is the is the truth." It's all equal. Now, let's go back to Hebrews 10. So, to Melchizedek, Malak, Sadiq, the Sadeh is one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. We get the word Sadiq from that. It's good. This is the the king or the lord of peace. That's what Melchizedek means. Let me just say this. We had Jesus is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was an order. We can't say. Order is the word. Does anybody remember that? Taxes. Huh? What? Taxes. Thank you. (laughs) Dave's got it. Order is the word taxes. It is a form of the word tasso. That is the word, Acts 13, 48, when Paul said, As many as were ordained to eternal life believe. Tasso means an orderly arrangement. And it's, it would be a synonym for cosmos, which is the word world in John 3.16. I don't have time to go there. Taxes, we get our word tact or tactical. It's a military term. It's a military term. It means a success, a succession of either people or events. And there is a succession of people in Melchizedek. If you go to a lodge, they will say, you'll see a bunch of pictures of a bunch of guys. They'll say, High Potentate of 1929. High Potentate of 1930. High Potentate of 1931. This would be a taxis or an order. If you're marching along military rank, they say, forward, march. To the rear, march. That's a tactical arrangement. That's a taxis. So this is an order of priest. Let me say this one more time. 
I hope you can get a hold of this. Let me erase this. You can remember bread equals flesh equals word and equals body and it all and equals veil and equals the truth. They're all equal. They're all equal. Now I was going to give you something here and I've forgotten what it was. Melchizedek. Huh? Melchizedek. What? I can't hear you. Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Okay. To be a priest anywhere in the Bible. To be a priest, that's the only way you can offer a sacrifice. That's the only way. When the Lord tells us, Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you give your bodies a living sacrifice. You can't do that unless you are a priest of God. Are we priests? Yes. Over in Revelation, the first chapter, verse 6, He hath made us priests and kings. Hath made is aorist indicative. Past tense, He's already made us priests. What does a priest do? He gives acceptable sacrifice. What does a king do? He pronounces righteous judgment. Look not at the outward appearance, but judge righteous judgment. People say you're not supposed to judge. You absolutely are. When the Bible says judge not, when a sentence starts with a verb, there's an automatic understood subject. You judge not. Don't you, Crino, decide who is guilt and innocent. God's already decided that. That means to decide guilt or innocence. He's decided that already. Pronounce his judgment. Priest offers sacrifice. What is the first sacrifice offered in the Bible? Where was it? In Genesis. Huh? In the garden. In the garden. Adam and Eve tried to cover their nakedness when they realized they were naked after they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they tried to cover themselves with the works of their hands didn't they they got some fig leaves and that is not good enough and God says that won't do and God killed a lamb I believe it was a lamb and covered their nakedness. That's the first sacrifice. Who would that have to be if Jesus is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek? Where did Melchizedek start? In the garden. He offered the first sacrifice. And this was an order of priests. I believe Shem held that office. And others held that office. When Noah came out of the ark, he offered a sacrifice. He surely held that office. It started with Jesus in the garden. Then you work down to Jacob. And Jacob has 12 sons. He has Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Judah. And out of Judah would come the king and out of Levi would come the priesthood. And one of those priests would have to be Aaron. And that's where the Aaronic priesthood started. 
the Aaronic priesthood, well, that was a part of the rituals of the Old Testament. Rituals. Then when you when Jesus dies on the cross, he comes to the cross and they nail him to the cross. Nail. And the Bible says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances in Colossians 2.14, which was against us. It was contrary to us. Took these rituals out of the way, nailing them to his cross. I've said this a thousand times here. When the Jews wanted to do away with the contract, they'd take the two contracting parties, they would take the two witnesses. It took two witnesses to every contract they had to take them out in public. And they say, you two contracting parties that had this contract in the beginning, you want to invalidate it? They'd say, yes. They'd say, two witnesses, you saw this and you were privy to it? They'd say, yes. You were ready to blot this out? They'd say, yes. They'd take a nail and drive it through the contract, invalidating the contract. The only thing that was nailed to the cross was the literal temple, the literal Ark of the Covenant. Indiana Jones don't need to look for that anymore. It's our hearts. That's what the Bible says. Read the rest of this passage here with me. And having a high priest over the house of God, whose house are we? That's in verse 21. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. What are we elected to in First in Peter 1 and 2? We're elected, eclectos, favored. That's what elect means. We're elected to obey God, to obedience and the sprinkling of blood. And a blood baptism was always a sprinkling And the sprinkling of blood and a blood baptism was a death. That's death to self. That's a daily cross. That's self-denial. We're elected to that. If you're elected of God somewhere along the way, you're going to have to start dying. Dying at first is not fun because you're afraid you're losing all your friends. After you make so many enemies, one friend more or less don't seem to matter. I've got so many enemies in Hendersonville that hate the ground I walk on and they like to see me die. One more don't matter. So it don't bother me to tell another doctor or another lawyer or another person down at the grocery store or another real estate agent. you got to take your cross and die daily. Christmas is pagan. I don't believe in going out and beating people up. I just tell them the truth. As long as they will listen, when they won't listen, I walk away. That's it. I can't figure out who belongs to God and who doesn't. And just because they reject you today don't mean they reject it in the long run. The only people we are to get angry with are the false teachers that lead the church away and cause them to get to a place where they're past feeling that Ephesians the fourth chapter 
past feeling apalgao means to be apathetic and preachers that make the church apathetic apathetic comes from pathos a doctor of pathology is a doctor of suffering diseases pathos means to suffer Placing the alpha in front of pathos. Negative particle means apathetic. I just don't care what the truth is. They've heard so many winds of doctrine, they don't care. Now let's read the rest of this. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with the blood of Christ from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with Pure water. What's pure water? Living water. Jesus said living water. See, the Jews knew what living water was. He meets the woman at the well of Samaria, and she, and he says, if you'll ask me, I'll give you living water, and you'll never thirst again. She said, how can you give me living water to the Jew was that water that flowed way down deep in the ground in Jacob's well. They knew that was cold. They knew that it was running water. And if water was running down a mountainside, they knew it was cold and it was pure. They knew that. They called that living water. And Jesus said, I'll give you living water. And I'm talking about the Spirit. Wait a minute. The Spirit equals the Word. The Word equals all these other things. The bread, the body. I'll give you living water. And he said, I'm talking about the Spirit. All right. That's, and all of these things, if you'll notice, are equal to each other, aren't they? If I made a list of them, they're all equal. The veil is the flesh. It's the, it goes into the house of God. We are God's house. And he sprinkles our hearts. If he doesn't have an Ark of the Covenant anymore, the law is written on tables of stone over here. This I'm going to have to get into next week, I guess. How much time, Mike? Ten. Huh? Ten. Twelve? Ten. Ten. Okay, if the law is written on tables of stone over here, it equals a writing over here, doesn't it? When the Bible says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, there's two handwritings. The one over here is on tables of stone. That's the letter of the law. Letter. Over here is the spiritual what this is, it's what the Bible says in the first verse of the 10th chapter. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image. The very image is over here. It's the spiritual. The shadow is over here. Skia means a shade. All of this over here is just a shade of the spiritual temple, which temple we are of the spiritual Ark of the Covenant, which is our hearts. Let me show you that very quickly. Look at Deuteronomy 9. Go to Deuteronomy 9. 
this is what equals. Equal is a very important word. It's the word axios in the Greek. It means equitable or equal. Now look here in Deuteronomy 9. Let me show you something quickly. There's an axiom in math. I didn't give it to you tonight. If equals are added to equals, the results are equal. I said this last week. I said... I said that algebra is nothing more than a seesaw on a playground. That's all. All of algebra is just a seesaw on a playground. In algebra, you're trying to find out what makes this side equal to this side. That little fulcrum, I think that's what you call it. You got to, this side has to equal to this. And if you add, if there's one little boy on this end, and there's a little boy on this end, and he weighs 100 pounds, and this and down here, we figured out last week, he weighs 40 pounds, and you got to put a 60 pound load inside of him. Well, he ends up weighing 100 pounds if you put an extra 60 pounds on him. So 100 equals 100. Well, if you add something else to this guy down here, you got to add it to this. The whole idea of, of algebra is so the equation balances. That's all a seesaw is. Little kids are working algebra on a playground, and they don't even know that. They go over and seesaw with me. Where much do you weigh? Well, let's get somebody else on that end so we can make this thing balance. That's all it is. It's real simple. Every every cook, every lady in America that cooks, she uses algebra all the time and she don't even know she's doing it. She says, let me see here. I got to make this banana pie. Bananas plus sugar plus flour plus milk plus 30 minutes in the oven equals a banana pie. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? (laughs) Well, if you don't have one of these things, you got to have the bananas. If you don't have the sugar and you can substitute something for the sugar, you still got the banana pie. Equals are substituted for equals. The results are equal. You still got a banana pie. That's algebra, whether you like it or not. You're using algebra every day. If a mechanic cuts off a a piece of a rod, 
here. He says, but it's going to take that much more over here. So he's going to have to add something to make up for this piece he cut off. That's algebra. Mechanics do algebra daily. And they don't even know they're doing it. Can you see that? (laughs) It's just, it's really very simple stuff. Now, so equals or added equals. If you add if you add something to that arc over there, it has to be added over here in order to be equal. What happened to Deuteronomy? You're gonna run out of time. Well, I'm going there. Deuteronomy nine. We're gonna add over here Word of God and put it inside the Ark of the Covenant. Look here in Deuteronomy nine. Deuteronomy 9. I'm going to do this real simple, as simple as I can. All right. Deuteronomy 9, 10. The Lord delivered unto me two tables of stone written with the finger of God. Gosh. Then if we add that over here, we got to have it over here to be equal, don't we? Look over here in Luke, the 11th chapter. Luke 11. And we're going to add that over here in the New Testament under the church. Verse 20, if I with the finger of God cast out devils. That takes us to a whole new subject, doesn't it? Casting out devils. Casting out self. What does God do with his finger? He writes upon fleshy tables of our heart, doesn't he? No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. They had to abide by the works of that law that was written on tables of stone. It was kept inside the Ark of the Covenant. You see that? Everything over here has got to equal everything over here. Look over here in Second, in Second, in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, the third chapter. I hope I'm making this simple. I know it's a lot, but it's really very simple. Second Corinthians, the third chapter. All right. Verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? I don't need any of that to the Corinthians. Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of men. Who writes in our hearts? Do you write in your own heart? No, that's predestination. God's got to write it in your heart. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, as it was over here, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone any longer, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Can you see that? This tables of stone is the shadow 
Our hearts are the very image. And that's the truth. (laughs) So it's fleshy tables of our heart. And let's read on. But such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is in God because he's the one that writes. Who also hath made us able ministers, able ministers, diakonos, deacons, household slaves, of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter or the rituals kill, but the Spirit gives life. Everything that was over here is now over here in us. Can you see that? It's really not as hard as it sounds when you first start off. If you learn that this is equal to this is equal to this is equal to this. Just, you know, you can nearly go to every word in the Bible and show the equality in all of it. The Bible, like I've said before, is one word. It's the word of God. It's not the words of God. It's the word. All we're trying to do is learn to pronounce it. That's all. Am I out of time? Yeah. I'll come back next week. I want to go through some portions of Revelation and show you this same concept. I've got a dozen, half a dozen or more places in the Old Testament. The Bible says God delivered the commandment written on tables of stone. And then we got several places in the New Testament where God wrote upon our hearts. All you got to do is find what's in the Old Testament and find out where it is spiritually in the new. And you've got an understanding of Scripture. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. God, help us to understand the Word. I pray that you'll help the people here to understand your Word. What a magnificent God you are and a magnificent book you've given us. Thank you so much. Cause to continue this work, Lord, and open up the hearts of people, the elect. Let them see these truths. We'll give you praise for everything. Fight our battles for us. Lead us to your elect family, wherever they are. We'll praise you for it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Goodness gracious. Is that hard to see? Is it? Well, people that go to school and say, I hate algebra, it's hard for them to see. I got an A in algebra. Well, this is a good place to learn it, isn't it? The words connect together. Huh? The words connect together. They do connect.